about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Welcome to this special Thanksgiving, and if you remember the gobble-gobble Jennifer uh, Lopez scene from, I believe it was Jersey Girl or Gigli, where she goes, gobble-gobble. Oh, and her vagina. Yeah. Right. It's a special Gigli episode of Worst Gig Ever. I I don't think I signed up for this Mike Pace, because I am Jeff Carlock. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. Worst Gig Ever here. Julie Klausner is our guest uh, this week. We have a, uh, a great conversation with her about... Her days at UCB. Her her days of writing uh, on shows and writing books, and we we do There's the a whole reading and some arithmetic in there as well. Yeah, we 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 hit it all. We get the broad scope. Yeah, it's, of Julie it's, it's, it's a it's a fascinating discussion. Uh, we taped it at her lovely apartment on the Lower East Side. We took the uh, the Rolling Stones mobile recording unit, there. and it, it worked out smashingly. And so the you know the, this is a Thanksgiving theme one because this is a episode that you can listen to over Thanksgiving. This is going to be uh, it's Thanksgiving this week most likely. It so is, for you, if you're downloading way. it the week that it comes out, this this is your remedy for family yeah. blues. Thanks. What do you get? What, I, I didn't mean thanks. I was going to say, what are you Mike, saying? this is your remedy for family blues to escape your family. They're bugging you. You download this thing. What the, do you... the idea was to, tra- uh, tra- uh, uh, to segue into our next topic. Thanks. What, thanks. Are you, what are you thankful for this year? What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my beautiful wife. Thankful for being what healthy answer. another year. I'm thankful for the Worst Gig Ever podcast, being able to do what I love and love what I do. How about you, Mike? Uh, I also want to extend a beautiful thanks to my beautiful wife as well. My beautiful miniature schnauzer, Baptiste. Baptiste, what are you thankful for? Right. I got you, brother. Baptiste just farted. He is definitely <laughs> thankful for, for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for all of our subscribers and our listeners and the legion of fans. Right. Uh, sometimes uh, it's hard getting out of the apartment in the morning. Uh, they're just they're just clamoring. There's people with those blocking signs, the doors. Home safe on them. I would be thankful if we uh, got some more though. So so how do we do that? Well, people, go to iTunes. Uh, give us some reviews. Favorite us on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, you know, email us at worstgigever at gmail.com. You got suggestions, people you want us to talk to, comedians, musicians, etc. Tour stories of your own, you can share them with us. Uh, Give them out. Terms. We'll we'll talk about them. We enjoy talking about people's yeah. tour stories. Worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. You can go right there, listen to it. And we have a, we have a lot of great guests coming up in season two. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about the, everything the, that's happening. Season two starts automatically after Thanksgiving. That's so, how most podcasts work. So, so look for that. Uh, without any further ado, I think it's time. Uh, Baptiste, wait, who's on this episode? Julie Glowner. Oh my God, your dog talks. Dead talks like Scooby Doo. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, uh, enjoy Julie. Enjoy Worst Gig Ever. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Fuck your mother. <laughs>
Hi, everyone. Hi, Julie. Hi. Hi. Uh, Thank we... you for letting us into your uh, beautiful home. Thank you for coming into my beautiful it's, home. It's beautiful indeed. It's a rarity for us to do this, but right. we made an exception. You got the focal nest. I did get the focal nest <laughs> treatment. <laughs> That's right. The focal nest extraordinaire. <laughs> Although he had a beautiful hotel room that was way fancier than I thought it would be. Which hotel? He was down by, what it was it was the one. Oh, was the one in Tribeca? Yeah. I remember when he was yeah. here for the CBGB yes, thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if I had that hotel room, I'd invite people over oh, to yeah. it all the time. I mean, Chris Novoselic from Nirvana yeah. was leaving, <laughs> like, two doors down. I was like, oh, there but you Jake, go. Jake, it's similar like, defiled his hotel room anyway. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Welcome to Worst Gig Ever. Uh, we're so happy to have you. Thank you. You've been on the list for a long time. Uh-oh. When we first started this what podcast. What list is that? The list of people we want on. I know. I was, the you could have gone also, anywhere with the well, list. Well, I went with the truth. Okay. Uh, Let's get a little background, though, of how you guys know each other for the listener ucb i directed uh jeff's then mod team right um i guess for a month or two i think yeah maybe a month or i think it might have been just a month maybe it was two months your stuff was really funny thank you're, you you're really funny i mean i knew that you were funny right away thank you very much uh i was actually talking on the way over here you if i'm remembering correctly you were a piece of one of my favorite mod moments mod again being the house teams at ucb sketch writing teams uh i read written a sketch called toblerone, yeah, the toblerone sketch. yes and uh, i might have mentioned this to you but you suggested i think for the end mm -hmm. the way the sketch was toblerone and it was about a guy who didn't like toblerone and the duty-free shop was freaking out about him treating him like a terrorist and i think you suggested oh there should be an image at the end a never forget image and so the sketch ended with a Photoshop of an American flag. Oh, yeah. With a crying eagle. Right. And the Twin Towers, twin towers were Toblerone. were two Toblerones, right? And it's a never forget the date of the show. Was that my idea? I, I, I think it was I my idea. I attribute it to you. Yeah, so my, just take the compliment. As soon as you said an image, I was like, oh, is it the Twin Towers? Is right. two Toblerones? Like, I had uh, the idea again. Yes. And it got the, oh, that makes me the so proper happy. response of kind of like, ooh. Yeah, ooh. that's... that's uh, it was such a funny sketch. I I uh, I, I love that. I put it first. Yeah, uh, but yes, uh, it's one of my favorite moments from Mott, and that's all your. The amount of times you know, people said Toblerone was really funny. It was obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've met. We knew each other through UCB, but and that's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about you. Oh, Julie, okay. For a bit. Uh, so yeah, where do you you started? You grew up in Westchester. I did. Right. I grew up in Scarsdale, New York, and then Scarsdale I went to NYU. Surprise. Yeah, I'm the Scarsdale went Surprise. To, I went to NYU. I went to Gallatin. I didn't I go went to, to Gallatin. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. Who was your advisor? Oh, my God. Her name was... Uh... Stacy Pies was mine. No, but I remember that name. My, my... Well, because it's Stacy Pies. Yeah, it's no, about, my, like, the my like, house of was this. She was such, she was like the Diane Keaton, New Yorker, like Manhattan, Woody Allen esque. There's like, a bunch of those. Long gray right. hair. Oh, Her name was um, Gloria. Uh, Mirabella? Was no. It, uh, okay, no. She was, she was kind of obnoxious. Oh, but that's... I got my BA in independent study. That's about right. Individualized. Time. That's about right. That's yeah. about right. Um, what, yeah, what? Zach Woods also went to Gallatin, and Stacy Pies was his advisor. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wait, when, what, what year did you graduate? Uh, 2000. So, yeah. I'm 2001. Oh, okay. So we may have been in we, the same uh, classes. There some was point. some, Gallatin had some, you know, glass blowing. There was all this weird kind of stuff that you yeah, could do. Yeah, it was, it was a, a bunch hit. of like thumb what twiddling. What was your concentration then? Exactly. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, is Gallatin like Hampshire? -y? Yeah. Like, yeah. Gallatin is, is, it goes under the guise Choose of your own adventure. Exactly. Ah, Create your own right. concentration. I did sort of like I a film journalism thing. And... 
Well, they didn't if really. Well, you'd be like, you'd be like gender and bravery. Right. Yeah. Right. But what I do remember is when I got in, like before I got into Gallad, when I realized that that was the place to go, going to like a, a meet and greet type of thing. Yeah. And the only thing anybody wanted to know, like the pr- prospective students, was what SAT score do you need to get in to get it? Because they were just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, and the kids were like, no. Yeah. Let's what get down to brass tacks. What do you need to get in? Like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Some NYU memories. Did you do any comedy stuff in high school or Gallatin? No, not really. I took a film class my senior year and I made some like short films that were right. funny. But beyond that, I didn't really know that. I, 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 I loved comedy and I was sort of obsessed with comedy. Sure. But I didn't really know what my place in it was i I didn't really know exactly what i was gonna do right did you feel that kind of i think it's the kind of uh classic motif we've heard before of just like i loved comedy but i just didn't think it was kind of something people did i didn't know how people did it i i did know how people did it but i didn't know how i would do it or what i would do and whether it was like i'm gonna do stand-up i'm gonna do sketch i'm gonna do improv how do i start how do i try what do i do is there a class like i I was just very um i i loved it from afar and then i also thought i was sort of too cool to like start sure you know like i didn't want to be like a beginner so i i just kind of didn't do anything for a long time and then when like UCB came sometimes. to town, oh, we all do. Yes. I mean, it's a lot. It, it's just more comfortable that way. <laughs> it feels great. It's more comfortable to be miserable oh, in a God, lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but then UCB came to New York the mm-hmm. year I graduated college, which was pretty convenient right. in that. So you got involved with them right that, off the bat? I, not right off the bat. Like, I got involved with them once there was already a UCB theater. So they right. moved here and they were doing shows at Solo Arts and I saw my first Ask Cat at the Flea, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't until you know I'd, I'd gone to a, a couple of shows that I that was like, oh yeah, I'll take a class. And that was my year. That was the year I'd, I'd um, like my first year out of college. The right. year the towers fell. Um, that was actually two thousand. Okay. Um, and then like yeah, so it was close to the year the towers fell. Because that's right away. I mean, I've I think I've probably said before that was my as as far as I remember, my first show at UCB was. Maybe a week or two. It was one of the first shows after the towers fell. Like, yeah. like where I was like, I just never would go because I was just like such a grump. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't like going to things that weren't music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was, was like, I, yeah, I like comedy, but I was like, I don't go to that stuff. No. And then finally, my drummer dragged me to, and I think I saw the swarm. Yeah, uh, for the first time, and it was. I mean, it was Andy great. Daly. It was one of those things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. At the time, it was you know who would have been Andy Daly, Secunda, uh, Delaney, mm-hmm. Billy Merritt. Uh, and it was amazing. Um, and then it still took another probably year right. to, to take the classes. Because, again, I'm like, it, it was the same. There was a, for me, there was a coolness factor. Of I, just it was like, a yeah, lot I'd of resistance. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was like I'd gone to see Luna Lounge a bunch right. of times in college. I, I went on, I used I used a fake ID to get into Luna Lounge <laughs> just to see, like, Real cool. Todd Berry and Louis C.K. Yeah, I was pretty cool um and so, i'm like i'll have a diet coke what were you doing while you were like in this the post-collegiate in those years well before the tower fell and after college uh <laughs> and then after the this, tower this uh, before a comedy episode became, is dedicated to 9-11 bttf before the towers fell <laughs> back to the future uh back to the future yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect oh my god the conspiracy <laughs> if you're a fan of the trilogy bttf is the shorthand for yes. back to the future 
That's Even if you're not a fan, if you're not, yeah, it, still, they it still, still use it. Um, I was, I had my first job out of college was I worked at the Museum of Television and Radio, oh, which is now cool. called the Paley Center, Great. and I was a curatorial assistant, and I made twenty two thousand five hundred dollars a year. And I worked there. It was actually kind of an awesome job in that it right. was like ten to six. You show up, or maybe it was like nine to five, and you like you watch old TV shows and you write copy for the catalog and pre, pre, pre internet access to everything. Pre ubiquitous. The internet did exist. It was 2000, but it wasn't, but it wasn't the same as the way it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, I can find old SNLs and find, you know, exit 57 and whatever's come out, like just like document. And even like DVDs, like there were, there wasn't like every episode of like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman on DVD. Right. You know, at that moment. So, um, so that was a that was a cool first job out of college, and then I would do improv at night. Yeah. Right. Did you do uh, kind of straight acting in high school uh, at all? In uh, when I was growing up, I did musical theater. So I was, you know, I would be in, shocked in if shows. you said no. So I I was. I was into musical theater up until like eighth grade. And then when I went to high school, I, I didn't think it was cool because I, I thought the drama club people were like, they just gave me the creep. So right. I didn't, I, I took, I took a really long time before I went back right. and into it and realized like, oh, I'm denying my inner. Right. You know, so so let, me, let me ask you this as a fellow uh, Jew mm. growing, uh, being into musical theater since yeah. eighth grade, were you bat mitzvahed? Yes. Did you have a theme to your party? No, I didn't. Um, I was, I was uh, maybe unusual in that way, but I, I think it was uh, periwinkle. So I did have a color. <laughs> okay. Did you have Did you have a party, or did you have like yes. a taste? Okay, because I had a tasteful luncheon. Oh yeah. uh, well, what we ended up doing is we had a luncheon after the service at shul for mm. like my parents' friends, and then like the kids had a party on like right. a Saturday night a couple weeks later at at my in my school gym. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure you know we're 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 the same age, and and I'm sure you remember like early 90s that like seventh grade eighth grade when you're yeah. going to a bar bat mitzvah literally every weekend or every yes. other weekend i don't growing up on long island right. i'm assuming i'm mean, sure yeah. i'm assuming Connecticut where you're, but it's it's it really? was so over yeah. the top it, it was just it that, just never happens uh-huh. but it just in general yeah yeah uh bar mitzvah parties bar mitzvah oh, parties they were, were so over the top yeah, right. they were a lot. so I, I it sounds like there was some restraint at least on your and you're right. My parents uh, were more interested in having it be like the luncheon be the thing right. yeah. for my, you know, their friends and family. Right. Um, and then the, the 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 dance at the school was. I remember it being fun. I remember they played. I touched myself. DJ or live band. DJ. Yeah. They played "Groove Is in the Heart," yeah. which is probably <laughs> still my favorite song. Sure. It holds up. It's Delight. a great <laughs> song. I loved "Delight." I love Delight. I love the B-52s. And then recently I put it together that like the third part of me wanting to be who I am or right. who I'm, you know, would still sort of like to be or just like constructing an idea of like me in the future was um, Just Say Julie, that show on MTV yeah. with Julie Brown. Julie Brown. Right. Yeah. She just had like such a particular aesthetic that I thought was so cool and I wanted to emulate. Right. What was not that? to be confused with the other Julie Brown who was also not on Wubba Wubba Wubba, but yeah. Julie Brown who was who's supposed funny to be and... human garbage apparently. Right. Based like, on, which you one? read that MTV book? Yeah, yes. w- the Wubba uh, Wubba Downtown Julie Brown. Okay, yeah, human garbage. Almost as much. Oh wait, who is I was Adam trying Curry. to remember? No, who was the dancer? Uh, Eric Camille, Camille Grammer. No, no, the, oh Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, yes, yes, her. Camille yes. Cameras. Camille. Grammar is a saint. She's I'm, Saint Camille. In the book, it, she's she gorgeous. Comes as oh, she was on. The, she was on the grind. I don't think right? she did. You didn't think? No. I, you. 
I don't. I don't think so. But I'm also right. really biased because sure. I write about that show, sure. and um, I think I just. I'm also uh, protective of her. Right. I distinctly remember she was on the grind, right? Yeah. As a dan- yeah. And she was and on Club MTV. Her. Oh, Club MTV. That yeah. was the pre-grind show. I think she was a pre-grind personality. Although I might be wrong. I only remember. I mean, I'll mind you. I read that book on my iPhone. <laughs> How is that, that even good? possible? Uh, almost not. Uh, it's terrible. Was but this during mod rehearsals? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ramsey, my friend Ramsey, who had, was on Neighborhood with me. Yeah, Ramsey lent it, lent it to me because he realized he could lend, lend me an ebook. And But I was like, oh, wait, I don't have anything to read now but my iPhone. So, yeah, during mod when I was really at the point where I was like, I should probably stop being on mod. I was reading... So it's equivalent of 20,000 pages, where I'd just be sitting there just like, yeah, 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 Eric Nies, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the little bit I got was that she was opportunistic. But I'm not here to disparage her. But, I know nothing about her. I'm remembering very vaguely. Well, Kelsey Grammer is an asshole. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. And that's why we all love that video where he falls off the stage in Disney World. Oh, I don't know if I've seen oh, that one. We, we might have to include we a link to that. Link that one. He's, he's given like a total Kelsey Grammer pompous <gasps> speech. And I think it's at a Disney World related thing. But it's like stage is like good, like it looks like it's a good like six the, feet, eight oh feet. God. And he's stepping and he doesn't pay attention, like mid sentence, he falls straight down. Looks oh. like he does a split. Uh, and he's just kinda like, I'm alright. I'm alright. <laughs> and he's still trying to keep his composure. <laughs> it's as funny no, it's not as funny as the news lady who falls. The grape lady. That, I've the seen the lady. I've seen the stomping grape lady. Which the, well that's because like the sound she makes. <laughs> it's just beautiful to me. We'll link that one um, for those of you who have haven't seen. Have you seen, seen the um, Steven Tyler one? Oh yeah, he, like, yeah. He, well, he crosses over. He like crosses his foot over one, and then he like does a spin, and he's almost there, and then he just like loses balance. And <laughs> I he falls just happened. The Was it? Oh, I need to find it. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm curious about this. So, so the Paley Center gig sounds great. I remember hearing about that place for the first. Time. Oh, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna watch. Yeah, it's stuff. a really cool place. Never did. It's a great. If they're ever, you know. If they're ever doing an exhibit that or a screening, yeah. go and then give yourself time afterwards to right. go and look at the but collection. Were there any worst gigs at this time? Yes. After I I quit the Paley Center about a year into the gig, I was like, I've been here for a certain amount of time, and also like I was not making money yeah. there. Right. Um. And uh. And I left that job for a job at a um theater PR firm. Mm-hmm. And my first day of work was September 10th, 2001. Ooh. And my second day of work was not so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lasted there three weeks before they fired me. I was miserable. <laughs> A lot of that had to do with the fact of the timing, which wasn't great. Sure. But um, I also just didn't hit it off. They were, I, I said actually in my book that it was like the only group of gay guys I ever met that really didn't like me. Right. And they, they just didn't like me and I didn't like them. And and I remember like it was September, so I had to take off like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Right. And um, I remember like saying, I was like, I can't be in on Friday. And they were like, what is it, another Jewish holiday? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the thing I remember – thing i remember most about that job was that um they were representing the producers at the time the matthew broderick nathan mm-hmm. lane production so i had to xerox these articles that like every day they'd put a packet together of like these are our shows and this is the press that they're getting and after 9 11 they made this whole big fucking thing about how the show must go on and right. they're like oh my god we're you know 
we're not darkening we're not darkening the lights and Broadway is gonna go on business as usual. Right. And so at the end of oh, I'm like getting like <laughs> cringe chills just recounting this, but um the end of the first performance of the producers since nine eleven. Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick stood on stage, put their their hats over their hearts, and sang "God Bless America." <laughs> and I had to Xerox of that photo of them singing with their ha- with their hats over their hearts, um, and like make sure. And then I remember somebody yelled at me because like the settings were too dark, and right. I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> I it was, was a great rendition. Miserable. Oh, must be. I listened to it yeah. all day. Well, Nathan Lane's beautiful voice. <laughs> yes. Uh, that sounds terribly opportunistic on their end, uh, and terrible for you. <laughs> it's just, you know what it was? It was just like, this isn't important. Right. These guys are mean to me. Right. I'm not making enough to like, and like, they were, I remember like every once in a while I'd be on my own personal email and the right. boss would come along and he'd get really mad and yell at me and I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. This yeah. is not, I'm not... I don't want to be a secretary. They know I don't want to be a secretary. Right. This isn't working. It was always out. a short-term thing, essentially. It sounds well, like. Or was actually, never- I left hoping that it was going to be my next gig because, like, I was at the museum for a year and I left that job for this job and I got right. fired within three weeks and it was <laughs> merciful. I remember calling my boss from my new job, my old boss, and being like, "Can I have my job back?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it, was a, it was a rough. It was a rough patch, and then I didn't have any jobs for a while. I would just sort of right. do like random, like temping. Like, right. but by then I was doing a lot of UCB, so I was. Right. I was my my time was occupied, but I wasn't making a lot of money or being successful in any way. Uh, yeah, welcome to the that, club. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the story of all of our lives. Uh, yeah, because that is. I mean, that is, and that segues into talking a little bit more about UCB. But that is the thing where it takes up so much time. But that's what you want to be doing. But then there are the like, you know, like at least for, it's like you, then you talk to your parents, and it's just like, oh, and how's the money? It's like, but this is <laughs> this know? is interesting because yeah. we talk about this a lot. Jeff and I basically spent our twenties playing in bands, right? Um, whereas you were pursuing improv and and comedy and things like that from really straight out of college. And that's the time, really, to get involved and right. do it Cause I in your early to mid twenties. Because that's what we've talked. About. I've stopped in two thousand three because I took improv, and then I was like, "Oh, my record came out," and then I just didn't go back for like mm. five years. I felt like I do you regret it? Depends on what day it is. Yeah, it really so, does. Like I, 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 obviously, we've talked. Like we both love. Well, there was a reason we were in bands. It took me to places I've never been. That, to. Both that of was us the to, that like, was the passion in yeah, our twenties. Like, is like we're going to be playing. Like well, I like, wanted to. I loved comedy and growing up and like, but it was music. All, all like musicians a, do. Yeah, yeah. But the the but wanting to do it is a different. Right. And also, like it's funny when you say your passion was in your twenties. Like that's what your twenties are. Our right. passion. I right. mean, I, I'm still. I'm still like intense and dedicated, but right. passion is such a, I wouldn't use that word readily now that I'm in my thirties. I mean, yeah. it may very well be the case that I'm right. still passionate about what I do, but it just seems a little like. It's more of a, <laughs> yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't yeah, do it if I, I did do? it. Like, I wouldn't do it if I but didn't. It, it but was, yeah. In my case, it was interesting getting involved with UCB much later in the past few years. And then all of a sudden I'm the oldest person in a class and like being the first time in my life where I'm like, the oldest person in the, not that I was ever really the youngest person, but it really puts things in perspective of like where your interests lie and like, you know, what people, and it's a testament to, I guess, what UCB is doing now and that people move here to do this specifically. Sure. People, you know, 22, 23, 24. I would say that 
even if you started earlier, if you're going to be a person that gets in your own way, you're going to be a person that gets in your own way. Right. So it's it's really more about how you do it than when you do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, for me, and just going off because you asked, like, it's therapy stuff for me, really working through it, of just realizing, like, yeah, this is just my path. Like, this is the way it had to have been. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I, I think I have those moments where I'm like, oh, like, you know, not to sound crazy or, like, maybe I'm wrong about this but i'm like if i had continued i would have like been on ruru or i would have been like you know like just because like you know i was with the tamanic like you know we were like like that i was in that crew and then i just disappeared uh because i was doing my own thing uh yeah but you, you, you also but don't know i'm also yeah that's the you other it's like i could do that for music and we can all do that for everything um but yeah no i, I just yeah, i'm fine I'm good. I'm great. Work. Yeah, no. Because I think it is realizing, and I think it's just like you said. We all have our just. It's it's a different path. It's you know, it's our own thing. Absolutely, um, and everybody you know blossoms in their own time. Yeah, and it, it's funny. Like you do look at the people around you, but despite the fact that you share a time, there's really nothing else that you have in common. No, like exactly. that person is so different God, no. and that there's no yeah. point in being competitive right. either. It's totally futile also, this is something we, we, that, we, that keeps coming up, to really, as, as inevitable it is, as it is to compare yourself to other people, yeah. everyone is on their own path. Everyone is, is, is wherever they're at because of a, a, a specific set of reasons. Yes. And you're doing your own thing. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're competing neck and neck with this person through every stage of your life. Yeah. That's just... You uh, follow your yeah. own... Uh, you follow your own video, dreams, video. man. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, Podcast so, yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> so how were the... I mean, you know, how were the early days of UCB? They were really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was um, lucky enough to have been cast in... Um, a weekly sketch show that Chad Carter put together with Jake mm -hmm. Fulnest pretty much right after I, I guess I went through the three levels of right. the improv classes and they put me on a Herald team. And so I was put on a Herald team and then I was also cast in this weekly sketch show mm -hmm. with like Paul Shear and like, it was, was it was so fun. It was just called sketch show. Okay. Cause Jake had been doing talk show. Right. So this was sketch show and, um, a lot of people like got packets for SNL after right. writing for them. And um, we had like hosts every week. It was just, I, I it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I learned a lot and I wasn't really writing as much as I should have been or right. could have been, mm -hmm. or maybe I just couldn't have, you know, maybe I just couldn't. So that's why I didn't. Right. But um, it took me like a little while to get a kick in the ass to, actually realized that i needed to be hustling more in the writing department because it was just sure. like performing was so fun so which is I was a little lazy when about you have it. your own worlds uh you know and you, especially at that time but i think it, it's you know ucb goes out to any type of you know subculture like it's if you just kind of live in that world you're like oh no it takes up my time and i feel great performing but then yeah you realize like oh there's i'm broke the rest of the world and i've got no and money because got no money or else your parents are like i'm not sending you to summer camp again right, right. exactly you can't be a counselor at age 23 right can't uh, be a cit starts to look a little age. weird so yeah. uh, uh speaking of which uh, that's a, that's a nice tangent though summer camp yes why did are you, you go? pointing at me? Oh, did you go? I went to Belvoir Terrace, which is the arts camp in uh, Lenox, Massachusetts, okay. for two years. And then I went to Scatico, 
or I was emotionally scarred, which is a traditional camp with like canoeing and shit. <laughs> but I, because oh, wait, wait, how did you get scarred? Don't even. Okay. Don't even. But wait, was it because uh, of the canoeing? I got you. I went to. Sleep it was like, with, can you picture me in like a traditional camp no. environment? It was right. a nightmare. Was it a Jewish camp? No, but it, it was. All camps yeah. are Jewish camps. I mean, right. you know? I, went, I went to sleepaway camp for three weeks between fourth and fifth grade. Camp Tranquility. Upstate New York. It was so Jewish. It was like a camp. rehab. It, yeah. it was, and I never went. It was, it was <laughs> again emotionally camp, scarring. Rehab. Is, I yeah. hated it. Yeah, it's awful. Oh my teamwork, chanting. Right. I went to day camp. I did not go to sleepover, but I spent most sleepover, of my time you mean, sleepover. sleepover. Sleepover sleep sleep camp. Sleepover camp sounds like sleepover fun, camp. But I spent most <laughs> of my time making fake cocaine. Uh, oh, that's fun. Out, out of, of what chalk? Oh, that was the thing I did instead of play kickball. I would That's grind really it funny. up and be like, "This taste, this is good." Because I see that. <laughs> the, uh, did you have friends or did you do that alone? Uh, sometimes alone, but sometimes with. How friends. old were you that crew. you were doing cocaine in like? Ten. You were pretending to do yeah. cocaine. Yeah, but even yeah. I don't think I knew no, what cocaine was. you were playing was. like. Yeah. Were you pretending to be Ozzy Osbourne or what were? No, your... and I was just thinking uh, drug dealer. No, it but wasn't. Where did metal you, from related. what? Like, what was your exposure to cocaine from TV? Probably some Scorsese movie. I would what guess. Were you doing watching Goodfellas? Yeah, probably Goodfellas, Goodfellas at yeah. age 10, 11? That would have been. That would have been when it came out. Past me. 90. Yeah, like I was kind of. You know, they didn't have many rules of what I could watch. So. Did you watch Reservoir Dogs when you were young? Yes. Yeah. That was like. That was the one, you know. Boys are into that movie. Yeah, as cliche as it is, that's the thing where I was like, oh, I'll probably be, go to school for film. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You know, actually. like, it's because that was the beginning of like, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my time before yeah. I go to shows. Like, we're going to go to Mad Mike Super Video and rent every cult movie, like, with the core group of friends and, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not have girls. Well, I was that way, but without friends. So I would watch cult movies right. in my bedroom. Uh, yeah. and That was if I could get the friends. A lot of times I was still in my basement by myself. Oh, you had a basement? Yeah, finished basement. Happened <laughs> That's in, great. Uh, you didn't have a basement? Scarsdale? No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have, like, a basement where I could hang out in. It's no, like no, they just basement. sort of stored stuff down there. Finished yeah. basements I was, are I was the great. best. I love those. I love going to people's finished basements. It, right. I had a, a room in my finished basement, and I actually printed out a sign. Remember, in Wayne's World, there was the No Stairway mm-hmm. to Heaven yeah. sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a no copy stairway. of that on, like, uh, No Stairway Denied and hung it up. Oh, it said No Stairway to Heaven with a big circle through it. On my funny. print shop. Print shop. It's gold. That's great. Yeah, not there anymore. Became my mom's office. Um, uh, and your mom didn't keep it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, remember. Put it back up. Uh, <laughs> Mike, remember. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So you, you, you know, you kept doing UCB. Like, you know, at what point were you know you realized you needed to push yourself? Oh, I got kicked off my Herald team. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, Billy Merritt called me and said that it's not working out, and oh. I was like really bummed. And sounds like a worse gig. Uh, it was, yeah, it was disappointing. Did you but, see that coming? Uh, not really, but I also, like, never really felt comfortable on that team. Right. It wasn't really a good match for me. Which and team I, was this? Dr. Awesome. Right. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if improv was ever my thing. I don't know if I was ever good at it or if I just did well and the, that they they placed me on that team because they they knew i was funny right in other words like i don't know if i was ever good at improv i, I know that i always liked uh going to ask cat and seeing right. people do it um and uh but whenever i took classes what they told me to do made me really nervous they're right. like just go in and like be open and yeah and i was like what i just want to go out and be funny and get laughs right. and be a cool character. <laughs> right. Uh, but um, you but yeah, I wanted to be Julie Klausner. Yeah, I wanted really to be Julie Klausner. But I also like, 
I don't like the philosophy of improv is really great. It's like yeah. a great way to live life. Yeah. Um. But uh. But I like controlling things, and yeah. I have a lot of anxiety around like letting go and going into a scene and being like, these guys are gonna be like there if I free fall. And right. um. I don't know. I just I, I it was never necessarily my thing although at first i thought it was going to be so right. it was disappointing when it didn't work well out. i think in some ways too especially at ucb at that time uh like that was the option like you know like and let you you did there, there was like was one sketch, sketch you did sketch but class. didn't happen that often yeah like well there was yeah there were sketch shows and like um that sort of after after like improv didn't really work out for me right. i wrote a show for myself and then I realized that, like, this is how it's just going to have to be. Right. You know, I can't, like, right. audition for shit. Right. And it's just not going to be what right. I want to do. So yeah. that's when I started. That's that's when I started writing more. Uh, which is great. I mean, out of that, you you know, you produced great videos. Thank you. Uh, welcome to our house. Yeah, that was when I started working with Jackie right. after kind of, like, I was sort of, like, knocking around theater for a couple of years doing right. things here and there and then uh for the did, like channel 101 stuff jackie clark. jackie clark and then jackie clark and i uh got together and uh started doing like a monthly show at the mm-hmm. theater and we'd make videos for it right uh and welcome to our house we're great i mean if people haven't seen those i hope you have but i thought those were fantastic videos i still I, get recognized at gay bars for um that and mommy time yeah yeah uh and also, like, I was thinking about, like, it, it's, you know, around the same time, but there is a bit of almost uh, predating Tim and Eric style. Oh, thank you. Absurd. That's I a mean, huge just, compliment. It, like, it's, it's the, yeah, the embracedness of, uh, embracing of the absurdness and the embracing of the, the format. Like, you know, it, I mean, obviously it wasn't, it was that, you know, that video. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, I, I just, it, it, that was what I looked for in sketch when i first started writing sketch was that kind of stuff like that's what i well it's just it's weird it's something you haven't seen before and that Mm -hmm. that is huge right exactly um uh and then yeah and then you you know you've done what uh cat news cat news yeah uh, so yeah so you kept you know that's i mean you essentially you you found your your individual path there yeah Um, i'm still finding it yeah honestly right um i want to hear about another another crummy gig Post. Well, like I worked what? at this place called. Well, should I say the real name? Yeah, I will. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, Hospital Audiences Intercorporated International. It was H A I. Right. And um, we'll put up a link. They're a. <laughs> please don't. They're a charity. They're a nonprofit. Okay. So good for them. They we'll like. Cool. They basically like provide entertainment for like people who are in hospitals. I don't really know what that means. I right. think they like put on shows and you know what i never really figured that out so i worked in the office <laughs> Sounds like someone we should look up actually yes, as exactly. an administrative assistant and the reason why i like was excited the reason why i took the job and i think the reason why i got the job is because when i went to interview it was in this loft space and this guy had like these three pooly poos have you ever seen those dogs they look like whoopi goldberg they have no. like dreadlocks oh yeah, yeah. Their, yeah. was that the water dog eyes. yeah uh, uh, no, the, no, um, pooly poos are, oh, that's, um, okay. yeah, right, they're yeah. herders. Right. Okay. Yeah. They have corded, uh, yes. fur. And yeah, so, yeah. so he had those three dogs and then I met, and then the second woman who interviewed me had three basset hounds and I was like, I uh. love basset hounds. And they're like, you got the job. And then I'm like, I hate it here. <laughs> so I, I was, uh, yeah, I was just like, I would just like alphabetize 
files right. and like it, you know it was just another kind of mundane administrative assist yeah and i was like yeah. but it's a good cause but you're like yeah but i don't feel like i'm making a difference right. and it was were the dogs in the office and, yeah the the pooly poos were um nice. the bassets i actually got to meet later because it turns out that she did basset rescue so she took me to like the pound with her to pick up this basset puppy that ended up being in the short film i made with uh neil casey and right. joe wenger right uh called the hound um uh, and beautiful beautiful dog hmm. So I did network with Bassett's, but otherwise that job was kind of a nightmare. You, you take what you can get. You take what you gigs. can get, but it was not a good gig, and like it paid like yeah. like twelve bucks an hour. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and they they were like it was that thing where you give someone an administrative task, and you know they'll check their email, and you'll be like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "Dude, come on, this is my only pleasure right. in the day being here." And at this point, you're also still you're you're making the you're making videos I'm, with Jackie. Yeah, Clark I'm. Well, no, this was before I met okay. Jackie. Right. Yeah. Or bef- I I'd met her, but this is before we paired up. Okay. Yeah, this is when I was just sort of doing stuff at the theater. Right. Uh, what's the point when you were able to, uh, you know, kind of stop having to deal with the shit jobs? Making a li- making a living from making comedy. Making a living doing, like, you know. Uh, well, it was the first staff job I got, mm-hmm. which was uh, with Jackie. Um, we were hired as a writing team for um, the Big Gay Sketch Show, which right. was on Logo. Kate McKinnon mm-hmm. was on it. Right. Um, and Nicole Payone and mm-hmm. Coleman Domingo and some other funny people. So we were hired I had a there. The other day, telling me to because I hadn't seen like I watched it back then, but they were like they he was just like yeah I found it on like Hulu and like oh really he's like it was great some was like, some when was some that of it some of that? it is really great yeah um, that was I'm not good at at remembering years but it was probably like five or six okay. years ago sounds maybe. about right yeah five years ago five and a half um. We were, she, she found out from someone that they were hiring and she was like, we'd be a good fit for that. And I was like, I agree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Seriously, like kind of a lot of gay guys really like us and uh, knew who we were from our videos and stuff. So uh, we submitted, we we put a packet together. I had an idea for a sketch based on, um, I'd gone to a party recently where a friend of mine had kept the cover of the New York Post in which uh, Liza Minnelli's divorce proceedings had gotten ugly. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a photo of, of David Gast on the cover of the New York Post and it just said, Liza beat me. And he had it framed in his apartment because <laughs> he was terrific. Right. And I remember uh, reading about how he claimed that Liza Minnelli, when she drank, had the strength of 10 men. So I thought it would be funny if we like came up with an idea where, you know, it was like super Liza, like uh-huh. whenever like a gay guy is in trouble. That was Jackie's part. It was like whenever there's a gay guy in trouble, she like dips into a piano bar and like has a dirty martini and she becomes like super Liza or this drunk Liza right. as a superhero. So we came up with that. And Scott King, who was um, the head writer of Mad TV, was the head writer of um, Big Gay Sketch Show, loved that and right. loved our other stuff and saw our videos. And so that was my first staff job. And they hired us for a few months and it was great. It was um I mean, I remember being terrified right? because you were actually, like, not playing around. You were, like, being paid to write sketches, and all right. of a sudden it became really hard. Right, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I I just that, – that first job, I felt like I'd made it. I felt like I was, like – you know, I'd done, like, a Take heap a of cocaine back. or something. Right. I felt great. It was a, it was a really – that just felt like a really big How deal. How long did that last? Um, As long as the season, so mm. maybe, like, a few months. Yeah, right. Once you kind of started that, were you, did you feel that that gave you the momentum or that the momentum kind of started, like you were able to kind of continue that? 
after that job ended, the writer strike happened. Oh, right. So um, I remember feeling like, damn, if it weren't for this writer strike, I'd be on <laughs> right. cloud nine career wise. Right. Which is like, I mean, there's always just like shit you can control and shit you can't. So right. around that time, I knew there weren't going to be any TV jobs for a little bit. And um, and then there, I just got a really great opportunity, which is a literary agent contacted me mm-hmm. and said, like, I like your stuff. If you ever think about writing a book, let me know. And um, I met with him and he showed me what a book proposal looked like. Mm-hmm. And I'd already kind of been thinking it'd be fun to write a book, especially since I'd been collaborating with Jack. And I was like, it'd be cool to write something that was just me. And right. Um, and I just hadn't done it before and I thought it'd be fun to write, you know, funny essays and stuff. So I met with him and talked to him and we worked back and forth until I guess like the, that, that, that spring I had sold my book. Right. So then I got to work on a book for a year. Let's talk, let's talk about the title for a second because I feel like it applies specifically to us. People love that title. I know. I think it's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Even people that don't like relate to it like still get it sure but as being the as being guys like on the receiving end who would be like at you know at the at the time it's like well what do you do well i play in this band right and you know it's it supposed really, to elicit it really a reaction supposed, if, if, whether or not it was supposed to be anything it really isn't a fuck you to musicians like sure. I, oh, of course I don't not, and it, yeah. nor is it a treatise on musicians i felt pleased when i read it where i was like this isn't me it's not. As I kept going through each chapter, I did have that weird. <laughs> well, you I was and like, I have never had intimate relations. So this that is, is very that is yes. true. Uh, but I well, because I was so just like I was waiting you. for something like that would to be, be like, hey, oh, that was twenty two Jeff, or that was oh, twenty four year old Jeff. But you, you know didn't what I mean? see it. Luckily, I got it. I I'd like to think that's uh, interesting. I, I mean, I I was always of the mindset that. If you were an asshole, if like you brought up your band without someone asking, right? You. I don't have an opinion about that one way or the other. The mm-hmm. the title came from an experience that I'd had where a guy who's like a, the the front man of a band that like I'd heard of mm-hmm. asked me out and ended up like blowing me off. Right. And what was what added insult to injury, even though like rejection is bad enough, it it, it just stings. Mm-hmm. Is that the fact that like. When I found out who he was and I looked up his band on YouTube, they fucking sucked. I didn't think they were good. Did it matter? Obviously it didn't because he was really cute and I went out with him anyway. But that was the thing where I was like, I don't even fucking care about his band. So that was, for me, where the title came from. So it was very much from that story. That said, I like it because a lot of people, especially girls, are like, oh, thank God. Sure. Definitely. Uh, Were you just going off that title? I mean, were you... Was there a point in growing up where, you know, were, were you involved in any sort of music scene at all? Absolutely. Uh, of going to shows yes. kind of consistently? Yes. Uh, I loved Ween. I right. loved They Might Be Giants. I loved, uh, like I said, the B-52s right. were like my first, I'm not sure if they were my first concert, but I know, I remember seeing them with Juliana Hatfield. Nice. I was, I was really into the Pixies. I loved Frank Black. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the Ramones a lot. I, I got into some like weirder stuff later mm-hmm. on like negative land and um uh-huh. i i was absolutely really passionate about music and the music world and i did go to a lot of shows um in the 90s yep. and then it like kind of changed and yep. indie rock was not as uh accessible or maybe i was older and maybe both of those things happen at once yeah. but um well what you had by the time that we were in college is that it became less fun and that's when you had a lot of yep. this influx of like jazz and like there's a lot of pretension in indie rock in like the year 2000 before the towers fell but prior to that 
you know, my God, was, again with the towers. <laughs> just using that as the reference point. But I'm assuming you go to shows in the city when you were in high school. Yeah, so I would go Academy to Irving Plaza and, Irving Plaza and Academy. Yeah. yeah, Academy, I saw Ramones and Frank Black. And Frank Black yeah. came out in overalls with an acoustic guitar. And people were like, what the fuck is this? Um, I saw... Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of different right. stuff. And I had like that curiosity and that hunger and that passion for it. And uh, now I have none. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, I still like music, but I, right. I can't remember the last uh, show I've been to. Right. Yeah. yeah, I saw I mean, Ween we, a bunch of times. Right. I like those guys a lot. Right. I mean, yeah, because obviously we ask because we you know, do both musicians and comedians. But like you said, there is an intermingling. But at the same time, like... Uh, I, I know I, that's the way I feel like in the community of like UCB where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, there's a handful of people who get music in the same way I do, you know, like and get of like how much like, it means and how much it, we, we kind of like it, it, we care about it. Um, we, we usually as opposed to just kind of like, hey, Gangnam Style is funny. Like, that's what I'm looking <laughs> for. We, or maybe Yola Tango. Like, they we, might be aware of them. We talk um, about there being yeah. like comedy casts a wider net of like. Yeah, oh, oh, you're into Mr. Show or you're into Tim and Eric. That's great. I don't know uh-huh. if, we could ne- if we're necessarily going to be the best of friends as opposed uh-huh. to if I find out, oh, you're into this band. Um, is that still a thing, though? I think it still really? is. I think because, because it's there is so much music out there yeah. at varying uh, levels of obscurity or whatever, there's still like this idea that we have similar tastes in music. Right. We probably think about a lot of other things similarly. I do still want to talk to Eric Wareheim, but about being in hardcore. Bands. Sure, no, no, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, that comedy. was really yeah. interesting on on Tim's uh, what the fuck, where yeah, he's yeah, just like yeah. I'm more of a hippie, crunchy guy, I, and he's well, because I've got a bunch guy. of Eric's old. The moment I realized that it was Eric, and I was oh. like, oh, that guy who was in you know I Am Heaven and Frail yeah. and like all these oh, like Philly bands that I like have seven inches. But I I think it's definitely the context of change of like oh you're into this band you're into this band. It's not what it once was being right. into like punk well, in the it's 90s pre-internet and yeah. pre like music industry but i still i still think yeah. that there is a level of that that does that does exist i will say like i credit tom sharpling for a lot of things mm-hmm. but i credit him for like kind of getting me back interested in music sure. like the stuff he plays on his show is stuff i i love and you know terry t also mm-hmm. like that's just stuff that's fun and right. and great and like there's no pretension there's no I think he calls it homework music like right. you don't need to feel like right. you know you're an idiot if you can't get into this because it's it actually is boring it's not just you like right. I've listened to so much on Tom's show where I'm like oh yeah I do love music I'm not like a yeah I'm not a totally lost cause <laughs> yeah uh, it's nice though to have those like as realize that as life goes on you can kind of re re remember stuff and re kind of you know. Mm-hmm. Re, re uh invest in things yes. in some ways uh Let, let's talk about your podcast okay. for uh, for a minute um, i love doing my podcast yeah, i so like doing it more than anything else in my life it's fun right? well, it's, what was what was the impetus yeah, behind really behind doing it in the first place I, literally pat Oswalt suggested that i do a podcast on his twitter he said why doesn't julie klausner have a podcast and i was like Whoa. <laughs> he, he publicly shamed me into <laughs> thinking about starting a podcast he really yeah. did I, I it's not like a cute story that right. i'm like making up he literally just was like and he sent me a couple notes when I was on Best Show being like, you're so funny on Best Show. It was just like so nice of him to say because nothing was more fun than going in and just shooting the shit with Tom. Right. So I uh, I saw that on his Twitter and I was like, why don't I have a podcast? And <laughs> I, I thought about it and I, you know, kind of 
thought about what it would be and I, I talked to Spoonie who I'd known mm-hmm. from uh, from Sharpling's world and mm-hmm. said like, would you ever be interested in helping me out with this? And then I listened to, like part of what was challenging about starting one is that I really only listened to Tom's show. So right. his is kind of the gold standard of of sort of broadcasting, not just podcasting. Right. So he kind of set the bar a little high. And I remember being like, I could never do that. And I still could never do that. Sure. But after Patton made that suggestion, I listened to some other podcasts and I figured out, well, I can do that. Yeah. Or I could or I could do this better. Right. Or I, you know, couldn't do this or I wouldn't want to do this. So after I got a sense of what was out there, then I thought, oh, okay, well, what if I tried this? And and then uh, I did a couple of test recordings of like the monologue and mm-hmm. Then we used a part of it that I well, – my test was like if I listen back to it, I'm not cringing. Right. Then, I, then we'll use it. And, right. I was, and I didn't cringe. It was a nice surprise. It's like when you read something you just puked out and you expect it to be horrible. And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean it's 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 almost like uh, like you said when you started doing like improv or whatever and like pushing yourself and realizing like – it's almost like going to an open mic. Like when you listen to the other podcast, I'm just like, oh, wait. Like there's that I know I exactly can do that. exactly get out of here. Yeah, yep. with minimal effort I can do better yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, after some trial and error, and like right. technologically, sure. and like figuring out exactly what I wanted to be. Like at first, it was pretty literal about guests, like interviewing how their actual week went. And right. I think I interviewed Joe Mandy, and like he he was like, oh, I was out of town Monday and Tuesday. I don't watch the Oscars because so I was doing a show. And so it was like, oh, we shouldn't do this. And also it made it like sort of dated. Right, so right. we ended up like, you know, making it more topical, uh, just like topic based right. and a little bit more perennial so we could use interviews for future weeks. And sometimes general, if you get a big celebrity and you don't want to like be like, what are we going to talk about? Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love doing it. I love doing the monologue too because it's not something that, I have done before and it feels good and it's not quite stand up and it's not quite, yeah, you yeah. know, it's truly it. Yeah. I, I love it. I love doing it. It makes me, it feels most like myself. Right. There's uh, something so democratic and freeing about just being able to essentially do your own radio talk show. Yeah. yeah you don't have to in your apartment. run it by anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Which that the quality control that that goes into the whole argument against you know uh, uh, anyone Abort- being able abortion. to record music oh. or like like the, the lack of quality control over it's great that democracy is great because everyone can do it and it stinks because everyone can do right. it right sure it's, you know. the, it's the negative cream. of DIY and the right. plus of DIY yeah, exactly. so everything I feel like I was fighting for now I'm annoyed but at. cream does rise like yeah. I think if you put work into it and you make it good then yeah people are gonna pay attention to it. or I hope they do I mean <laughs> that's what we got that's what we gotta hope for yeah. I mean it's, it is it's the same shit that I'm you know yeah, I tell students at the last day of like the whole cream will rise to the top, you know, and like just because there is like people will weed themselves out and podcasts yeah. are the same. Like eventually it's, they'll there's still they'll this wild west aspect to it. Yeah. In terms of figuring out how to monetize it and fi- sure. how to do something unique uh, that separates yourself from what everyone else is doing. Right. It was like the it was like web series like six years ago or yeah. seven right. years ago, like when everybody was trying to do a web show. It's sort of like that. Right. Um. So do you, I mean, I, what's, what's a bad day like for Julie? Oh, uh, waking up, not being able to like write anything, right. say, oh, I'm going to exercise, putting sneakers on, and then ending up taking a nap in the sneakers. That's a bad day. 
that that's a bad day. Like, that's a bad day. Ever, Eating I, cereal out of the box, being like, Ooh. I noticed that you have a yoga mat here. Yeah. Do you do you do you work out in the apartment? Uh, no. I I actually just had that out just to lie on it because I have a bad <laughs> neck and shoulders, so I I lie down <laughs> on works. the rollers. Yeah, I like I like uh, hanging out on the floor. Right. Yeah. It's right. a little it's a little affected of me. <laughs> I understand. I I I, uh, <laughs> I acknowledge that, but no, I try I to get flashbacks to of my dad laying. On oh the really? That's like, interesting. Oh my. Back. Oh really? And I was like, "Ugh, relax over there." God. Yeah, it sucks. It's not fun. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, the, it, it, how do you how do you how do you push through the 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 hard part of writing? Because you know you're 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 doing your own stuff. You're and you have to be your own boss. You have to force yourself to be your own boss and have deadlines. And yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. I'm not good with tough love, but for some reason I'm good at like ragging on myself. Right. I'm not like get you know, damn it, Julie, get this done. As much as I am like, you can't get this done. <laughs> um, so uh, as far as like how I how I like power through, sometimes I don't. Sometimes yeah. I just fail and it's a lost day and it sucks. And then the next day. It's better, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm always a fan of like I'm a fan of balance. I think balance is good. So right. you have one day where you're actually out of the house and seeing people, and then you have another day where you're like, I'm not leaving the house today because I am writing and right. turn the internet off for an hour or two, and you just kind of like puke it out on the draft on the page, and then you know you force yourself to get out of the house later that day once you've officially gone crazy and your eyes are fried. But you just have to have those days in between the ones where you're just. Because there's nothing better than avoiding writing. There's nothing better it's, than just having a day yeah. where you're like, then I'm going to have lunch, and then I have an appointment, and then I have another appointment, right. and then I have a dinner, and then I have a show, and then I'm going to have a movie. Like, it's it's really fun to come up with things that are not writing. It's almost as fun as like avoiding exercising, but yeah. you end up like cleaning and stuff. But to give yourself a day where there's not going to be any distractions, and then yep. just sort of force yourself to live within it, then I think after one lost day or two, you'll be where you need right. to be. So, so what can we expect from you in the uh, the months and uh, or the weeks and months to come? The weeks to come, you can expect that I'll be eating Thanksgiving turkey. That's right, um, Scarsdale style. In Scarsdale, yeah, Gungum style. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. <laughs> I just wanted to. I say that on all podcasts now. Um, I uh, <laughs> I have a young adult novel coming out next year. It's called Art Girls Are Easy. It's about nice. summer camp, summer nice. art summer camp. And I um, am working on a couple different things. I'm working on another book proposal. I'm working on a TV pitch. And um, I uh, I know Billy on the Street is premiering December 7th. Great. So season two, which I wrote for and I'm very proud of. It's such a funny show. Yes. And I don't – it's something that I'm like – I don't feel weird about like saying how funny it is because it's all Billy. Yeah. But um, – He's it's a funny so guy. No funny. He's it. so funny. Yeah. Oh my god, I love uh, Billy. He does a lot of stuff I could never think about doing with a mic. He it's just cool. has been doing it for ten years. That's the right. secret. He's like, where did this guy come from? He's like, he's been around right. for you know. That's why he's so good at it. Right. Um. And then I'm just you know gonna keep doing the podcast weekly. Hopefully some more special episodes. Like how was your Oscars and mm-hmm. um that kind of thing. But we have some good guests coming up, and we had Tim Heidecker on this week, which nice. is a really good uh interview i i wouldn't i wasn't sure if it was gonna be like a straight interview because he was great in that movie right. and i wanted to talk to, about him I with that yeah it's you can get it on amazon now. yeah or you can get it on demand if you have time warner 
I might have to do that. I want to see it pretty bad. But he yeah. told a story about how he went to see uh, Russell Brand. He went to see a taping of Brand X, <laughs> and he almost got kicked out because he like went in disguise and like he was there to like laugh at it, and like they right. found out he was there, and they almost kicked him out. Anyway, it was a great story. I strongly recommend <laughs> listening to it just for that. Uh, I definitely will. So, um, uh, bringing this full circle, question that we ask all. I always do this. We'll this is the, more of like a, a, like a butt, a lady's like a butt. Classic, yeah. Half moon baby's butt. Yeah. Uh, question that we ask all of our guests. What do you think of the word gig? I like it. I like it because <laughs> it reminds me of Davy Jones. Rest in peace. Oh, I always oh. thought that like people would use it before I'd be like, I'd use it. So I'd always be like, you're like Davy Jones playing a sweet 16 at your right. gig. So at, at first I thought it was like funny and now I just like it, it for does, that reason. It does feel like the beginning of a monkey's episode mm-hmm. of like, what do we have to do before the gig? Yeah. Here's the plot. No, I might. What are we doing before the gig? <laughs> he said in Dead the worst, on. the That's worst Davy Jones. Jones. Thank you. Dead yeah. on. Put <laughs> it on your resume. <laughs> and he's also a, a pretty good Guido Sarducci. Yeah. Yeah. Guido Sarducci. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> just negated wait wait know. he was here guido where is he oh my god it was mike pace so oh, my heart so we're kind of having an unprecedented thing because we end every show mm. the shows are taped at my apartment we end every one where where i tell the guests to get home safe it's, oh it's kind of the catchphrase of the show the fans love it uh, <laughs> but we're in your apartment today yeah, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't make any sense to tell you to get home hey safe. mike Get home safe. Hey, Julie, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Worst gig ever. 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 Ever.